you all know what doubt feels like, okay? So you're going on a vacation, and you have to pack, right? You have to pack. And for me personally, the way I pack, it's about an hour before we leave, no matter how long of a trip it is, and it's like, open up my drawer, huh, huh, and I zip it up and go. Like, that's, that's the way I am. But the way I am leaves me in the middle of that trip thinking, oh, I forgot underwear, Oh, I, I forgot that shirt. Oh, I needed to bring this for, for my grandma, whatever it was. I, I, and there's always that fear. Even if I don't forget stuff, there's always that fear like, oh, man, did I, shoot, did I remember this? Did I remember socks? Did I remember blah, blah, blah? Did I remember these things? When I was going to college my freshman year, man, I was so proud of myself. I packed up everything like a week ahead of time. And I get to college, and I'm set, and I look at my backpack, and I realize I forgot my laptop back at home. One of my most important things for college, and I forgot it at home. Maybe for you, it's when you're working out, and you're about to max out, whether it's, it's, it's bench or squat or hang, whatever it is, you lay down on that bench, and you've got like 600 pounds on it, and you're thinking, oh shoot, if I don't get this, my head is gone. <laughs> I've had that before. Michael Hofer, the, the tribe intern, when we live together, sometimes we max out. It's like, dude, do not take your hands off this. Because if I can't get this, it's going to be ugly. Call 911. That sort of thing. So maybe you've had that during working out. Or maybe, maybe for you guys, a lot of you guys have solos in, in band, in plays, in choir. And so you get up, it's, it's the game night. It's time for you to give this, this solo. And you're afraid you're going to mess up. You doubt, man, did I, did I practice this enough? Did I study this enough? Do I know my part? And you have all these doubts because so many things are riding on you. Because if you mess up, it's going to mess up a lot of other people. If you can't get that bar off your chest, it's going to mess up your life potentially. If you forget something that you pack, that you should pack, it's going to mess up part of your vacation unless you have stores or something you can go get it then it's not a big deal but you're afraid and you have these doubts and doubts and fear kind of go together I mean they're not similar or they're not the same thing but they are similar if there's a big bear a big old grizzly bear I'm not going to doubt that it's there right oh that's probably just like a unicorn it's not real it's going to rip my face off but I can fear it oh boy will I fear that bear Big old grizzly. It's not going to be good. Yeah, there's another Nietzsche walk thing like, bear, and he starts running. I think he saw a bear. Yeah. So they're similar, but we're going to talk about doubt strictly tonight with our faith. So maybe for some of you, you guys can relate to this one. I know you all probably can. You're in school, and you're sitting in math class, and they're talking about algorithms and Pelagian theorems and all these things, and, and everyone gets it except for a few people, but you feel like you're the only one. And the teacher's like, any questions? And you're like, oh, I don't want to be the awkward only person. I'm going to feel like an idiot. Maybe tonight you're here. You're at Oasis. You have questions. At the end of every talk, you have a question that you don't understand. And you're afraid to ask. Why is that? You you have doubts. Not that you're afraid to ask the question, but you're afraid of the question that you have to ask. Because it has to do with something that you doubt or that you're struggling with. In one form or another... You guys have probably all felt like that, and you all have doubts. We've all had doubts. The President of the United States still has doubts. I'm sure of it. Billy Graham, I'm sure he still has doubts in some areas. For a lot of us, no place makes us feel more uncomfortable with these doubts than at church, 
right? That's how I was. And why is that? The church should be the best place, the number one place you go with these doubts about your faith. Guys, we talked about this since Paul Retreat, about creating a judgment-free oasis, a judgment-free youth group. And I feel like, honestly, I think we've done a great job of that. I feel like a lot of you guys love it here, and you want to keep coming, you invite friends, and that is awesome. Kudos to you. Keep going. But a lot of times, the church is where people will struggle with this the most. So keeping quiet doesn't make your doubts go away. Maybe some of you guys think that the God will be disappointed in you because you think these things. Well, I'm pretty sure he's not, and he knows you're thinking it anyway, so you might as well talk about it. Some of you guys think, okay, you know what? I'm only 18. I'm 17. I'm 19 for you oldies in here. Whatever it is, you think, you know what? 10 years down the road, 15 down years, years down the road, I'll probably hear a sermon or I'll just be wiser because I'm older, so I'll understand it. I don't need to know it right now. Therefore, I don't need to worry about it. Everyone, to some degree, has doubts. They don't have to hurt your faith when we are strictly speaking about faith. They don't have to hurt it, but they have the ability to amplify our faith. Amplify. What does that mean? What does that mean? Amplify means to increase in size or volume. So your doubts, while you think, man, this is, if I say this in small group tonight, I'm going to get made fun of. Man, I'm, I'm going to be looked down upon and stuff and all those things. But guys, your doubts, if you handle them the right way and you dig into Scripture and you, and you talk to people about them, they can increase your faith. They can strengthen it, add volume to it, increase the size of it, increase your walk with Christ. So turn to Mark chapter 9. That's what we're going to be reading from tonight. If you guys didn't get a Bible, go ahead and get one now. If you didn't get a Bible, note card, pen, whatever you need. Let's turn to Mark chapter 9 with me. That's what we're going to be reading out of tonight. Um, so doubt isn't a new idea. Well, you guys are turning there. I'm going to talk a little bit more. Doubt isn't a new idea. So when you guys, these decisions that you have, if you forget to pack, it's going to hurt. I mean, it might, it might be a bad thing that you forgot something. If you are lifting, it's going to really hurt. If you have that solo and you mess up, you might squeak. <clears throat> You might struggle. And a lot of people are going to struggle with you. So we're going to talk about di- doubt, di- doubt tonight. And uh, you guys are in good company, okay? So there's the people of the New Testament and the Old Testament too, but strictly the New Testament tonight. Guys, they walked with Jesus. They saw his miracles. They talked to him face to face. They saw the death and resurrection. And they still doubted. So I'm not belittling your doubts, but you're in pretty good company, all right? I think you're going to be all right. If you talk about them and you bring them out. So verses 16 to 24. That's what we're going to be reading tonight. So follow along with me if you would. It'll be up on the screen too. So this is this. Um, okay, well first, Jesus is coming up to a group of people. Um, he sees a group of people and they're arguing. And in the middle of that are some of his disciples. And then they're arguing with Pharisees. We talked about Pharisees a little bit. Um, so that's kind of the background of this story. So verse, verse 16. Jesus says... What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Now that right there, that's pretty creepy. Right? Now some of you guys, if you were here during the summer when I, I did a little talk on testing the spirits, I told you guys some like demon possession stories. 
that my dad was involved with in, in ministry. And I mean, it's freaky stuff. It's crazy stuff. So the power of God that we're about to read here is pretty awesome. So, yeah, this guy was a little bit creeped out. These people were a little bit creeped out. Um, so he says this. The man keeps on going. He says, I asked your disciples to drive out the Spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can do anything. This man is talking to Jesus Christ. And he says, if you can do anything, have pity on us. Are you kidding me? Oh, do we not have volume? No, you are so dumb. You are really dumb. You guys seen this video? Are you kidding me? You are so dumb, man. If I can do this, for real. For real. This, this guy, he's talking to you face to face, and he's seen what he can do. He knows he can cast out demons, and he says, if, if you can heal him, have pity on us. So we're going to keep reading. And, and what did Jesus do? We're going to see that right here. He didn't beat him over the head with a stick. He didn't say, I'm disappointed in you, and shake his head and walk away. He was gentle about it. He says, he repeats what he says. He says, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. That's kind of a, kind of a weird thing to say, isn't it? Help me over, overcome my belief after he said, I do believe. What's up with that? It means like one of, one of three things, basically. He says, I, I do believe, but I don't. I want to believe this, but I have questions still. I want to have faith in you, but I have, I have a lot of doubt. And, and we all struggle with this in, in one way or another. Somewhere in between. This guy, he wanted to believe, but he had all these doubts. And somewhere you're, you're pancaked in the middle. Some of you guys, you believe, I mean, you know you can be saved. You, you know people tell you that you're saved. You've been going to church for 10 years, but you still, you have that doubt like, am I saved? And people tell you, yeah, you can know you, you're saved. You can know that stuff, but, but how do you know? Does that make sense? How do you truly know? Have I done enough? What does it mean? Do I have to ask Jesus into my heart? Do I have to say that one prayer? How do I truly know that I'll inherit the kingdom of God? So some of you guys might be stuck in the middle with those things, and, and with other areas too. I mean, that, that was one that I really struggled with. I'll get into a couple of my doubts that I've had before and I still have a little bit later in the talk. Um, but, but between our faith and our doubts, we think they're opposites. We think they're polar opposites. They don't attract to each other. When in reality, it's not as it appears. Sometimes things that appear to be opposite are not as they appear. For example, when you are driving and you're driving in snow or gravel or mud and you start to fishtail. Not on purpose. I'm going to keep this mom approved. Not on purpose. I don't recommend it. I won't say anything else. I did it all the time. Uh, but when you're fishtailing, you guys got to stick with me here because this, I'm going to use scientific words a little bit here. Um, but when you're turning the corner and your back wheels are, are coming around and the momentum is swinging you around, your first reaction is to slam on the brakes. Wrong. Wrong. That's one of the most dangerous things you can do. 
If you slam on the brakes, it's going to stop your tires from rotating, so you're going to start skidding, which if you're sideways, that can cause you to flip, depending, like, especially if you're on a gravel road. Okay, so if you slam on the brakes, it's going to spin you around, you're going to go into the ditch, you're going to go into the other lane, and it's not good. What you're supposed to do instead is accelerate. Now, I'm not saying floor it all out, try to burn some rubber, get that smell. Burning rubber is uh, it's an all right smell, I guess. But that's not the point, but you're supposed to accelerate it. I mean, good amount, but not a lot. And it'll keep your tires rotating, and it'll counteract that momentum. Instead of your, your momentum going out this way, it's going to counteract it, and you're going to straighten out. Does that make sense? Are you catching my drift here? <laughs> that's a free one. I'll be here all night. Um, but it's going to straighten you out. And the same thing can go for your faith. Does that make sense to you guys? The same thing can go for your faith. So when you have these doubts, your immediate reaction, a lot of you guys, I, I do the same thing. It's to slam on the brakes. Stop thinking about it. Ignore it. Let it be. It'll work out in the end. You might crash a few times. You might go in the opposite lane of traffic for a while, but you'll be all right. When really you should accelerate through it. You should get into the Word of God. Talk to people about it. Your pastors, your leaders, friends. Straighten yourself out. Own the doubt. And that's exactly what, what this man did in, in the scripture that we, just, that we just read. He said, he got real with Jesus. He said, God, I want to believe. Help me in my unbelief. He didn't, he didn't correct himself, you know, like, oh, oh, oh that, that's not what I meant. I meant, like, I believe you and I want to believe you, but I, but I can't right now. And, and he, You know, freaking out, whatever it is. He owned up to it and he said, God, if you can, I know, I know you can, but help me overcome my unbelief. And that's the same thing we have to do with our doubts. It's the same mindset that we should have. God, I'm having this doubt right now. Can you please help me? And you know he's going to. He's not going to shake his head and be disappointed in you or anything like that. Jesus, Jesus knew what the guy was thinking in the first place. So this guy got real with Jesus. It's one of those things like he could have lied, and Christ would have known anyway. The same thing for us. We can lie. We can lie to our leaders even tonight when we talk about it later. You can lie, but God knows. So be honest with it. And Christ answered him, guys, in mighty ways. So listen to this. I want you to write this down. Everyone write this down. Your doubt. Your doubt can be the very place where Jesus meets you and starts to amplify your faith. That is powerful. And that is encouraging. You might be going through a really hard time right now. And you're doubting a lot of things. You're doubting a lot. But this, that's, that position that you're in, that's going to be the very place that Jesus wants to meet you. That's going to be where he wants to strengthen you in him. Strengthen your walk. Straighten you out. That's what he's all about, guys. And he's going to strengthen your faith. That's our purpose statement at Oasis. That's what we want. I'm mean, going to repeat it most weeks. We want you guys to, to get in a growing relationship and, and strengthen your relationship with Christ. We don't want you to come here and just listen and go through the motions, be here for friends, for awesome worship, games, whatever it is, playing outside tonight because it's super nice. We want you guys to be here for your relationship with Christ, growing in each other. So your doubt can be the very place that Jesus meets you and starts, and starts to amplify your faith, starts to make your faith greater. So what do we do? What do we do with that? So we talked about doubt a little bit. Now what? Two things. One, stop ignoring your doubt. 
For a lot of you, that's the very first step. You guys don't like to talk. I know a lot of you, a lot of you really don't like to talk at all. I mean, you'll talk, but not about deep stuff. <clears throat> kind of unlike my voice there. Stop ignoring your doubt. The first step for some of you is to get those doubts out and just talk about them, guys. That's the name of this talk. Just talk about it. Number two, be honest. Just like this man. This man not only talked about it, but he was honest. He was up front. So with one other person, with your community group leader, with your community group as a whole, talk about your doubts. Guys, they can help you with these answers. That's what we're here for. Your leaders, Brad and I, that's what we're here for. That's what a lot of your friends are here for too. We want to help you. So bring them out. And odds are, some of the doubts that you're faced with, so-and-so over here is going through the same thing. So-and-so went through the same thing last year. So-and-so is going to go through the same thing next year. You guys can't be afraid. I feel like we all go through the same doubts at one point or another in our lives. Not all the same. But a lot of them are very, very similar and very common. And so you cannot be afraid to bring them out. I'm going to have Jared... Uh, my buddy Jared and Don, they're going to pass out a couple cards for you guys. Um, so the object of these cards, I want you guys to write down your doubts, okay? I want you guys to get serious about this because I know when I, was, when I was writing this lesson, when I was writing this talk, I talked to Brad about this today. It was hard for me because I was in your shoes not too long ago with this doubt thing like I do not want to talk about this. Maybe with my parents, maybe with my youth pastor, but in my community group, with some of my leaders that I, I'm with and they've impacted me a little bit, yeah, like, or a lot. I mean, hopefully a lot. It's not easy, but guys, I encourage you to do it because for a lot of you, it could be now or never. Maybe that bar is on your chest right now and you can't get it off. There's no one spotting you, so now what? Now what do you do? So on these cards, I want you guys to write out any of the doubts that you have. One, two, three, four, ten, whatever it is. If you want a couple, take them. We should have enough copies. Here's what we're going to do tonight with those. Yeah, I want you guys to round down. I'm going to give you about a minute here in a little bit of silence, and then I'm going to talk some more. But I want you to write them down, and tonight in small groups, we're going to talk about them. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about them. So don't not write anything down because you think that we're not going to get to them, because we are eventually, okay? And if you don't tonight, and you want to do it one-on-one with someone... So be it. Yeah, hold on to it and talk to somebody later, okay? So I'm going to give you guys about a minute, minute or two, and you're going to write those down. I'm just going to stand up here and pray over it and, and drink some water. And it can be about anything. Yes, we are focusing on the spiritual side of life, and that's what we're probably going to talk about a lot more in small groups tonight. But if you have any doubts at all, whether it's with school, whether it's with relationships, whether it's with your future stuff, whatever it is, we want to talk to you guys about it. We want to be here for you. That's what we're here for. Everybody got one? All right, go ahead and take a minute. No, yeah, when you guys guys are done with these, just keep them. Take them to small groups with you. We're not going to hand them in or anything. I'm going to have you guys keep these even after tonight, okay? So. So your doubts... Rarely go away. They might go away because, yeah, maybe Sunday you'll hear a sermon from Pastor Steve or Jeff or whoever you listen to, and it'll answer your question. Maybe tonight it'll go away. But they rarely go away on their own, if ever, without you getting to the Word of God, talking to people, whatever it is. Doubts, 
Doubt doesn't destroy faith. That's, I want you guys to write that down. That's kind of like the main theme, the bottom line of tonight. D3 faith is what I'm going to call it. Doubt doesn't destroy faith. Keep it short and simple, D3 faith. Your faith can become so great if you work through these doubts. It's helped me a lot when I've done it in the past. Um, like I said earlier, uh, your, your doubt, your doubt can make or break a lot of things. And not talking about packing or lifting or solos or anything like that, but it can impact a lot. Guys, if you don't work through your doubt and you're doing that fishtail and you go to the opposite lane, if you go in the ditch, that's bad news. Bad news for your faith. What are others going to think of you that are your friends that, that are uh, non-Christians, non-believers, that you're trying to evangelize to and you start doing all these things that are hypocritical? Because of these doubts, these doubts are ruling your life. Guys, you've got to work through them. It's really important to do that. Lecrae tweeted yesterday, actually. actually. I saw this tweet. I was, I was working on this. I was like, hey, that's awesome. Praise God for that. So he tweeted this. He said, I added one word into it. It's basically the same thing. A man who is too afraid to admit his fears, or doubts, that's the word, is a man who won't overcome them. So that kind of sums up everything I just said. And, and that's perfect. A person who is too afraid, a man who is too afraid to talk about their doubts, to admit their doubts, is a man who won't overcome them. Guys, talk about them tonight, okay? Everybody has doubts, your pastors, your leaders, your friends, and at some point we all have questions about faith. The questions I want you guys to think about tonight as you head to small groups is, is what are you going to do about that doubt? The doubts that you just wrote down, that you just written down, what are you going to do about them? You're going to pretend it doesn't exist, or are you going to allow it to strengthen your walk with God, to amplify your faith? You're going to let it silence your faith? You're going to let it destroy your faith? You're going to allow it to grow closer to God? The church, again, the church is one of the best places to talk. I, I, <laughs> I wish I could say that more and more to you guys. Guys, don't be afraid. And I know what you're feeling because I was there. I, I never wanted to do it either, but it's, it's worth it. Um, my own doubts. Guys, so here's, here's what I want you to do. I wrote mine in big letterings. Um, I hope you guys can kind of see them. These aren't like my actual cards, but one of the ones that I really struggled with going through middle school, high school, back when I was you guys' age, back in the day, four years ago. <laughs> Some of the leaders are like cheapers. Okay. One of the ones I struggled with is, is am I saved? I was that kid, covering up my other one, I was that kid that asked God into my heart ten times. I actually think it was nine times to be exact. I still remember it. I struggled with that. Man, I'm struggling with, I'm, I'm habitually sinning. I'm continually mouthing off to my mom. Continually, I mean, for some of you it might be language, it might be um, purity, it might be some of those things, and you, you're habitually doing it. So I struggled with my faith. I struggled whether or not I was saved. And then I started talking to people about it. I talked to my parents. I talked to my youth pastor. I got in the Word of God a little bit more, even though at that time I didn't really know how to or what that meant. And if you struggle with that, talk to your leaders tonight. They can help you. But eventually I overcame that. I know that I'm saved. I know that, and praise God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend eternity with Him. I can't wait for that. Heaven is going to be the party. That's where it's at. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. So the other one I struggle with, this one is, is very recent, um, right before college, even in college a little bit. Am I going to be an effective youth pastor 
or am I qualified enough to lead a group of students, to lead you guys? When I, when I was uh, coming to college, honestly, I thought the world was going to end before I even got to college. So I didn't really worry about it too much. But a few weeks before college, I didn't know if I wanted to be a businessman or a youth pastor. I knew which one had more money. I knew which one would give me a com- more comfortable lifestyle. Um, which one would, would give me less persecution, less trouble, being a businessman. And I knew which one would be in the opposite of that. Not very much money. Probably a lot of problems and issues because I'm helping teens. I'm helping um, underage teens, whatever it is, under, not teens, middle school. I don't know how, did, how you say that. Youth. Tweens, thank you. I knew that that would be a lot harder, and I struggled with that. I wrestled with God with that a lot, and I doubted whether or not, man, can I teach God? You want me to teach? I'm kind of a dork up in, up in front of people. I kind of lose my words. Do you think I can teach? I can't do administrative stuff. I'm still very bad at that. I had all these doubts of going into this, and, and whether or not it's what God really wanted me to do, but Man, one week, one week before college, I went on a, on a camp retreat with, with some middle school kids and um, was able to be a part of helping a kid give his life to Christ. And I, I cried. I told you guys this before. I cried, and I knew because that's when I knew, like, okay, this is what God wants. It was so awesome. And I still know, I still know that I'm, I might not be qualified. I might not be as effective as he wants me to be. But it's a growing process. So, so these things, I, I've overcome mostly. I mean, the effective youth pastor thing, that's going to be a growing experience the rest of my life. I realize that now. And so when I overcame these, I want you guys to do this tonight. If, if you overcome doubts tonight, I want you to keep these. And I'm not saying like keep it in your front pocket, your back pocket at all times and never let it leave your side, those sorts of things. Put it in your bed. Read it every night before you go to bed. I'm not saying that because I won't do that either, but I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it in my office, my, my backpack, whatever it is, my laptop. Guys, I want you to think on these things. Focus on these things tonight. And if you overcome it, I want you to physically rip it. Throw it away. Don't worry about it. Signifying that you're done with those things. You're done with that doubt. You're on the straight path. You're not fishtailing anymore. You got that bar off your chest. Now, the second thing. A lot of you might have written this one down. Wrote down. My future. This one's tough, <laughs> really tough. I, I struggle a lot with what God wants for my future. I know he wants me to be a youth pastor, but does he want me to be in a church or a parachurch? For those of you who don't know, it's Youth for Christ, um, like kind of like Boys Town stuff, like lost youth instead of a church society. Does he want me to stay in Omaha? Does he want me to go to California? Does he want me to go overseas to be a youth pastor? Am I going to graduate college? Am I going to, who am I going to spend the rest of my life with? These sorts of things. My future was huge. And guys, this one, I'm not going to rip up. I'm going to keep it for a long time because I still struggle with it a lot. And there's good days, there's bad days, obviously. I mean, I don't focus on it every day. <clears throat> but it's a doubt that I have, and it's something that I, I really struggle with quite a bit. And I also know that that's going to be something that, you know what, periodically God's going to show me. He's going to strengthen that. I might not struggle with that as much. Maybe you're kind of going through that same thing too. Something just happened and you're like, man, what's, what's the future going to hold? Well, I can guarantee you one thing. God has your best mind, your best interest in mind. He's got something out there for you that's awesome. 
So guys, again, one more time. Don't be afraid to talk. I hope you guys, I hope I see a lot of these ripped up things in the garbage tonight. I'm not saying throw them away here to show people, like be humble about it. Hey, I ripped mine up, guys. Look at Look at me. I'm not going to say that. Um, so we're going to pray. And then tonight, in small groups, uh, we're going to focus on these. We're not going to get to the talk sheet. So you guys, talk about them. This, this is meant for this. We're not going to really get to the talk sheets tonight unless nobody wrote anything down. We want you to focus on these doubts that you wrote down, if you're willing to talk about them. I hope you are. So focus on that. If you don't get yours, keep it. We'll go next week or talk to somebody else. Um, otherwise, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are awesome. You are incredible and all-loving and caring and righteous. And God, I thank you for that. And I pray for, for our doubts, God. Every, everyone that was just written down. Everyone that's it's in our mind that maybe somebody didn't write down. I pray that you would not let those destroy our faith, but amplify it, God. But make it huge. Make it grow. Make it stronger. God, I just thank you so much for these students and their willingness to come on such a nice night. I pray we are able to enjoy it tonight as well. And um, give these small groups, these community groups, uh, a good talk tonight. In your name, amen.